0: Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a show that explores trends in security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming books, papers, articles, and podcasts, which I turn into a concise 15 to 30-minute summary with analysis. There's a summary episode every Monday morning, as well as standalone episodes that are either me exploring an idea or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold to give you a concise update on the most interesting things happening around the world and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right. Welcome to episode 244. Starting off with security news, a Russian hacker group tried to pay a Russian speaking immigrant employee at Tesla $1 million to install malware on the Nevada factories network. This is out near Reno. And what's interesting to me is that the representative of this hacking group actually flew out to the U S and was in country and actually met with the employee who he was trying to bribe in person, which is very spy-like tradecraft. And the attack would have exfiltrated data out to the attackers in Russia or wherever they're based. And then, uh, they would have initiated a ransomware attack based on that. But the employee actually did not take the money. And went to the FBI instead, who arrested the representative at the airport as they were trying to leave the country. New Zealand had their stock exchange hit twice in two days by DDoS attacks, which shut down their ability to do cash market trading. Drug cartels are now using drones carrying bombs to do assassinations. China is rolling out a new blockchain based technology to link together its various provisional social credit systems. So a lot of people know about the Chinese social credit system, how they track your activity and they give you points or deduct points based on what you do. But there's a misconception that it's already unified across all of China. It's actually really just a bunch of experiments being done at like the local and provincial levels. And this new technology is designed to unify some of those together using blockchain. We'll see if it's doomed to fail, just like most other blockchain things. The Cisco ex-employee deleted 465 VMs that powered 16,000 customer Webex accounts, resulting in about $2 million in damage. Evidently, they were upset about something. The FBI is warning about online romance scams that are costing nearly $500 million a year. The attacker basically finds lonely people and starts up a fake relationship. And at some point, they ask for money. It's pretty simple. It's a very old scam. But I think right now with COVID, it's evidently pretty effective. Stolen gaming accounts for games like Fortnite, Minecraft, and RuneScape are part of a $1 billion market. Vulnerabilities. Cisco fixed some high-severity bugs in its switches and fiber storage products. Slack fixed a critical RCE vulnerability in its desktop app that was found through a HackerOne bounty. And three vulnerabilities have been discovered in Microtex routers. Companies, congrats to Signal Sciences for getting picked up by Fastly for $775 million. Technology News, a team from MIT has successfully used radio signals and deep learning to identify what people are doing in a room without the use of cameras. So they're basically getting bounce back from all these signals and inferring the actual activities that are being done obviously supervised learning, uh, using deep learning. And this is crazy. I mean, you can already do this to some degree with cameras, which is just a different type of signal hitting you, right? It's a, you're making inferences based on light that's hitting a sensor, which is a camera or an eye. And of course humans do that with the signals being processed in the brain and other machine learning could do the same thing with looking at images uh of light. So the radio really isn't all that different, right? There's still bounces of RF signals. I guess light isn't considered RF, but it is EM ultimately. And uh yeah, inferences are made and results are are attained. I think this is just really powerful. It goes to what I've been talking about the whole idea of active and passive monitoring of a of an area using multiple sensors combined with deep learning to basically monitor and alert for all sorts of things. Like, oh, someone has fallen down. Someone is angry uh, based on voice, right? Whatever, whatever the sensors are that you have, and the more the better, with the more algorithms the better, assuming that they're good. You get to a point where you can understand the situation. You can understand the activities that are taking place in a room. And eventually like a public space, okay, who's doing this, who is dangerous in this area, who is happy in this area, is someone proposing to someone else, is there a celebration happening? These are all questions we will eventually be able to answer to a given space based on multiple types of sensors, pulling multiple types of data from a situation or an area. And I, I find the whole thing just fascinating. Musk's Neuralink demo was interesting, but not a major victory, I don't think, largely because the subjects were pigs. And it also mostly turned out to be a recruiting pitch. But that's Musk for you. He's kind of unconventional. Amazon is delivering nearly two-thirds of its own packages. LG is releasing a wearable air purifier. It uses HEPA filters and LED lights to kill bacteria. I think it goes on a... 2 hours for charge if it's doing full power, which I'm not sure what that is, and like 4 hours if it's on low power. So, I guess if you're going out and about, that should be long enough, then you'll have to charge it back up. Internet Explorer is finally dead, or at least officially. Some uh, pretty interesting times seeing Internet Explorer own the entire internet back in like 98 when I got into this whole game. And then Firefox took over. And now Firefox is on the decline and Chrome is on top. So the only thing that's constant is change. Some Canon cameras can now upload their images straight to Google Photos. This is what I like about Google. I mean, I give them a lot of crap, obviously. If you've listened for a while, you know that. But stable backend infrastructure is one of their strong points. And if people could just automatically upload to Google Photos and have that data be replicated and you know, saved across multiple locations. I I think that's a good use of Google strengths. Companies. Grid is an Iceland-based company that turns spreadsheets into visual narratives. Snowflake IPO'd, and there's some analysis here on the the filing. Salesforce has cut around 1,000 jobs and had a great earnings report that pushed its stock up by about 26% last week. And Octa stock has doubled since March due to increased remote auth requirements due to COVID. Society news, no longer called human news. We're going to try society news instead. So there's a theory out right now that says one reason we feel so bad is that we've exhausted our surge capacity due to serial catastrophes. So basically we're able to handle catastrophes and, and drama and stuff like that in our lives. but there's only a certain amount of surge capacity and then it's depleted and then it comes back over time, which is usually good enough. But because we've had so many things happen in a row now in 2020, that people are depleted and therefore getting more depressed. That's what this uh, article talks about. Germany's largest trade union is looking to propose four day work weeks to help prevent layoffs. New Yorkers are fleeing to the suburbs. And the story's about New York, but I imagine the data will soon show that many big cities are doing something similar. Machine learning has been used to find 50 new planets, and China has recently built around 200 prison and internment camps to house tens or potentially even hundreds of thousands of Muslims in China, in a story that I really wish was getting a lot more attention ideas, trends, and analysis, why understanding beats knowledge, GPT-3 might represent new challenges for law firms, data scientists should be more end-to-end, and Zoom is now critical infrastructure. Updates. So I was rather affected by the loss of Chadwick Bozeman. On Twitter, I wrote about it. I feel ashamed to be so affected by his loss given the fact that I learned about him through Black Panther, which is a comic book movie. But he did such a great job of conveying kindness and strength. It was just beautiful. Fiction matters. He was brilliant, and he'll be missed. Yeah, I personally think Black Panther was the best Avengers movie. I think he was the best hero out of the whole lot. And I find that to be a standalone, just a good movie even beyond it being a comic book movie or a superhero movie or a Marvel movie or an Avengers movie. It's just, to me, a film, right? It has all the right pieces. And I I just thought he was fantastic in it. And then you find out about his life where he was going around helping kids who were struggling with cancer and he was going into hospitals and working with the kids, you know, as Black Panther, or as Jackie Robinson, basically as a hero of the people he was going to visit. And he's doing this in hospitals, in cancer hospitals, helping kids as a hero when none of them knew he was also dying of cancer. He knew that. He wasn't telling them. I don't think he even told any of the nurses or anyone around either. I think he was just a a great guy. And it feels weird to say that because I don't really know him. I mean, you see on social media or whatever, but... I don't know, just the roles that he played, he just injected so much positivity into the world and it was a big shock to see him go. And as I mentioned a second ago, I've changed the theme or the tagline for unsupervised learning from security tech in humans to security tech in society. Many have complained over the years that humans was a bit ambiguous. So hopefully society both implies the human element while making it clear that it's also about how humans interact with each other. So security tech in society. Last week, I said that Sullivan, the former CISO at Uber was arrested for the handling of their breach announcement. But in fact, he was just charged, not arrested. Uh, and gadget basically got the story wrong. And I trusted them as a reputable source, which was, it's on me. So apologies for that. Discovery. So I just bought Nomad's new wireless charging mat, the base station pro big feature for me was a very large surface that you can place stuff on and the ability to put your phone on the surface in any sort of angle. That's what all the reviews are saying. And it'll still charge because right now mine, you have to like get it on there perfectly aligned with like a compass and laser-based surveying equipment. It's no fun. So hoping this one is better. Quite expensive, though. Over $200, I think. How to Write in Plain English. This was a fantastic article, which I read twice already and will bookmark to read later, along with Steven Pinker's book. I think it's called On Writing. Or no, Elements of Style, I think is what it's called. A stellar 85-megapixel image of the moon. Common mistakes made during interviews. Riot released a game design curriculum for free. Cory Doctorow has released a new book called How to Destroy Surveillance Capitalism, and he's put it out as a blog post, actually, on Medium as well. I was like, why is this blog so long? turns out it's the entire book. It took me like an hour to read it. Um, I skimmed a few parts of it. it seemed like he could have made it shorter, but it was interesting. He's basically arguing that surveillance capitalism is not about the tech being the problem, but it's about monopolies being a problem. And that's the source of all of it. Which I disagree with. I'm actually writing an essay about it today to offer a counterpoint. Meditation as a shield against the attention economy. VulnCost, an open source security scanner for VS Code. URL grab, a Go-based web spider. And Parth, heuristic vulnerable parameter scanner. Recommendations the Bellingcat podcast, a podcast about using open source intelligence to track down nearly impossible clues to solve mysteries. So if you're into OSINT, recon intelligence, or anything like that, you will absolutely love this podcast. It's presented as a mystery. So basically, um, not to give any spoilers, but the second season, which is where I started, there's this video surfaces of something quite, um, disturbing and horrific. It's a bad video shot on like a camera phone and uh, yeah, it's really disturbing and you can barely see the background. You can barely see a few things in the foreground and on the sides and you hear accents, you see weapons, you see uniforms and stuff like that, but it's not really much to go on. And so this gets released to the public and the open source investigators start trying to figure out, okay, who did this crime? Um, what military are they part of, or what group are they part of? Where in the world are they? What country? What part of the country? And over the course of the series, because it's a, a serial podcast, you get more and more clues, and they find out more and more, and it builds on it. And you have this small little community sharing information as they track down these clues, and you end up solving it by the end of it. And it's just fantastic. It's got everything from like the mystery to the open source intelligence. Um yeah, really cool stuff. Plus, it's a true story. So really cool stuff. Highly recommend the Belling Cat stuff. I just signed up as a uh patron of Belling Cat because I think they're really excellent. And the aphorism for the week. Character is simply a habit long continued. Character is simply a habit long continued. Plutarch. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. The show is not supported by ads because I think they're annoying and toxic to the future of content creation. So if you enjoy the show, you can support it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. Members get quite a few things. Most notably, they get the newsletter every week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community where we have great conversations happening all week long. And members also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmeisler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already a member. I truly appreciate every one of you. We'll see you next time.